Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin Acey, Padres beat writer for the Union Tribune. Jay Posner, sports editor for now for the Union Tribune. Get that out of the way, Jay. Start hey, early you were out there yesterday. Very exciting. Now, before we get to breaking down this Giants series and the importance of it and, and, and you know, really get into trying to get to these 90 wins, because clearly that's very important. Uh, what'd you think yesterday, huh? Uh, I, you know, that was a weird day, don't you think? <laughs> it was um, First of all, it, it, it did actually happen. The Padres made the, I didn't grab the paper out of the other room, but the Padres are in the playoffs. It said so in my Union Tribune this morning. Uh, I hope everyone uh, got their copy of that, especially good coverage by you and Bryce and Jeff and great photos as always by Casey Alfred, who will be on the road with the Padres and with you and Bryce this week. And we'll talk about where they're going. Yesterday was, was different. Uh, you know, I, I felt like I was paying at times more attention to what was happening in Milwaukee mm-hmm. uh, than I was to what was happening on the field in front of us. Uh, one reason being almost nothing was happening on the field in front of us other than Blake Snell was was pitching really well again, which is a good uh, a good sign. I thought the most sort of the best part of the day was was when the Brewers made their last out and was sort of in the press box. Hey, it's over. And all of a sudden some, you know, people started clapping and then there was just this roar in the crowd and there was no announcement or anything. And I think there were, there were people probably in the both dugouts who were kind of like, what is going on here? You feel like you've been left out of something, but the fans, I mean, it just shows how how many people were paying attention to, to what was going on on their phones and, and just the, the, how quickly word travels these days. And there was a pretty prolonged ovation and, uh josh bell i believe was at the plate um at the uh, at the time and um uh i i thought that was pretty cool actually that, that I, there was Jay, this big ovation at the time more better than you know it. what I, you know what kevin let me just say this it was better because it wasn't it wasn't scripted yes it wasn't there wasn't the announcement there wasn't the stupid and i'll call it stupid for the rest of my life the stupid make noise sign that yeah. comes up there. Was, it wasn't like, hey, everybody cheer. It was like, you know what? People know when to cheer. And that was a big moment. It was a big moment for the Padres. It was a really big moment for most of their fans. I won't say all of them based on some of what we've seen on social media lately, but it was a big moment for a lot of their fans. It was a big moment at the ballpark and it was cool to be there and to see people enjoy something that they hadn't been able to celebrate. You and I were there in 2020 to watch, you know, empty empty celebrations and that sort of thing. This was a lot better. It, it really was. I, I agree with you, Jane. It can't always be organic. I mean, sometimes like the crowd needs to be prompted in some places. And, and, and I mean, I agree with you. It's like make noise. And then as soon as the, the prompt is done off the screen, it gets silent again. It was like, what was that for? But right. right. <laughs> like you are absolutely right about this. I, I just thought it was great. I will say that up to yesterday, I, it was a little disappointing, like the crowds were. I mean, the Dodgers were in town. They aren't really playing for anything. A lot of their fans didn't show up. I mean, they didn't show up in these great numbers. The Padres fans, I'm never going to blame anyone for who invests in a in a full season or a half season or whatever and sells their tickets. It's very expensive to go to these games. I got 
no problem. It was just, to me, a little underwhelming given where the Padres were at. Now, here's the deal. I think this team has been underwhelming. I think there was this gigantic swell around the trade deadline, and that was electric. And then the team got disappointing, and it was kind of like, to a lot of people, they were backing into the playoffs. And and, I, and there's a certain part of me, if you're going to take the whole basically playing 500 ball since June 17th, I, I get it. But like, um, so I think that contributed to it. This team hasn't been exciting. They just aren't um, in right. a lot of ways. It's a good team, but it's not an exciting team that this town has responded to in the last few years. Um, and so I just thought yesterday was the time in this homestand where I said, wow, that's really cool. Because like you said, it was organic and people were following along. And it certainly was the more exciting thing. And uh, the players that were not playing were up in the clubhouse. And by right. the time they had got down to the dugout to tell their teammates, the teammates already knew because the fans had let them know. And yeah. I just thought that was really neat as well. And the Padres were watching. Bob Melvin acknowledged it was exhausting watching. Oh, they, the, the Marlins are up in the ninth. Oh, the Marlins are up in the 11th. Oh, oh the, and so yeah. I, I, it was a really cool thing to all of us to be watching that on October 2nd. Right. No, I think that's uh, um, I think that's true. And I, I did want to say, I mean, I, I was out of town for most of the week and did watch a couple of the games and was surprised and obviously looked at the box scores and everything, uh, read the coverage, but was a little surprised at the numbers for the attendance, low 30,000s for most of those games. It, I, it creeped up a little bit through the week. And, and I, I think it is just, you know, again, don't want to be critical of anyone. I wasn't there. I had something else to do. I sold my tickets, you know, didn't get a great price for them. I'll say I'm not getting rich off of the, off the tickets for that for last week. But I do think it's harder for people that once you get back into September and school gets going again, and I imagine, and, and, you know, I've never had to deal with this, but I imagine once the kids are back in school, it's a lot harder to go to those 640 games during the week, no matter how big they are or anything like that. And I think there was sort of a sense of inevitability as well yeah. that I'm certainly Bob Melvin had it from the way that he managed some of a couple of the games that look, the Padres are going to get to the postseason. It's not that big of a deal. If I'm, if I'm there to see it, you know, they didn't have a chance to clinch in any of those games yesterday. There was a chance to clinch. Um, they announced a crowd of 41,000. I think they said it was a sellout. I saw an awful lot of uh, a couple of empty sections where uh, I always question that, but you never know if people are outstanding. A lot of people were in the park waiting for the concert after the game, uh, but it was a, it was a really good atmosphere, especially yes. in that time where the Padres clinched. I thought a few more people might hang around after the game um, for the sort of the on-field celebration, uh, but uh, many again, of them were out, had, as you said. I mean, that, the grass yeah. was full. That's yeah, the sure. grass was full uh, out there for the uh, uh, for the concert. So uh, it, it it was a cool it was a cool thing. I don't have any idea what the uh, attendance will be the next three days. I mean, these were games that were supposed to lead off the season with the Giants. I would imagine they would be fairly small crowds, um, maybe larger in terms of tickets sold, because yeah. I think a lot of people, especially for the Tuesday Wednesday games, would have bought tickets. Um, you know, for the second and third games of the season, particularly Giants fans probably won't show up or, you know, I, I, I admit I looked on the secondary market. It, it's very it's very light right now. You know, if you do want to go, tickets are uh, you can you can get pretty good prices on uh, on the secondary market. And let's be honest, but, you're going to see Brandon Dixon, Trent Grisham, Josh Bell, Luis Camposano. 
Uh, these are big leaguers, but it's not necessarily so, who you're going to the ballpark so, to see. Well, it's funny that you put Josh Bell in that group because that was supposed to be such a big acquisition. The guy had a 900 OPS just about when he got here. He's been a huge disappointment. Um, you know, I, I would guess maybe maybe the th- third or fourth. The Padres have had several disappointments this year, starting with even in this year, obviously starting with Tatis, um, the biggest of all, Drew Pomerantz. Not pitching at all. Huge disappointment. Trent Grisham, we've talked about ad nauseum. Um, Josh Bell might be next on the list of, uh, of disappointments. But that wasn't for the Padres. Yeah, in terms of, of guys that came here and there were expectations and everything. And when I looked it up the other day, his, his weighted runs created was 57, I believe, since he came to the Padres, which is Look, the league average is a hundred. For those of you not familiar with the with the stat, that that tells you something about uh, about what Bell's done here. But um, yeah, maybe maybe he gets going, maybe he doesn't. I I don't know. But yeah, you would think. And and we this is what we wanted to talk about with the Giants. For one thing, the Giants come in here. They are they are obviously not going to the playoffs. They have won eleven of their last thirteen games uh, since they got swept by the Dodgers a couple of weeks ago. They had two straight weeks where they played the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. They won 11 of those 13 games. I believe they were 7-0 against the Rockies. Uh, the first game against the Rockies, they gave up five runs, and or maybe seven runs. I forget what it is. They, were, they have not – I think there's only been one other game where they've given up more than four runs in that two-week span. So their pitchers uh, have been throwing well. Uh, tonight's a bullpen game for them. But Carlos Rodon, who has been very good all year, will pitch tomorrow. I uh, believe – is it uh, is it Wood or – is it – Cobb or Wood, I get them mixed up on Wednesday. Jay, you're um, asking the wrong guy. I'm one of, one of those mode, guys baby. is pi- one of those guys is pitching Wednesday. Uh, the Padres will throw Musgrove tonight. I wouldn't think he'd go more than. F- I I can't see him throwing more than eighty or ninety pitches. Maybe uh, I'm thinking seventy-five to yeah. Okay, seventy-five pitches there, maybe. Yeah. Would think Sean Manea would pitch tomorrow. Kind of unlimited. I would I would guess. Although he is a guy you could use out of the bullpen, but. Uh, and then Wednesday could be a bullpen game or, you know, they could cut Jeff Sanders told me, as he told me this morning, they could, they could call up a triple a guy oh, yeah. uh, who's on the 40 man Reese Kinnear, oh, yeah. Ryan Weathers, one of those guys could pitch uh, or at least be an opener. On because they Wednesday. have the extra roster spots right now. I mean, there's not, there's just yeah. no limitation almost to, to what they could do because it is a curious thing how they will get through the next uh, three days. And the big question is, do they want to win the next three days? And I, I think that's something that we could, you know, that that I wanted to discuss with you. As it stands now, they are the Padres of the five seed, one game lead on the Phillies. Yes, who have yet who have not clinched, by the way. Uh, the Phillies, I think, have a magic number of two. Is that correct? I believe um, that's what it is uh, over Milwaukee, um, and they the Phillies have to go to Houston. Milwaukee plays Miami, I believe, or no, Milwaukee plays Arizona. Yes. Um, in Milwaukee. And the fifth seed will play in the wild card round, the runner up of the NL East, which right now is almost certain to be the Mets, who led almost the entire year. The Mets are probably going to win 100 games and finish second, pretty much kind of a Dodger situation. The NL East from, is the poor man's year. NL West. Yeah. The Mets could win 100. The Braves are something like. 77 and 32 or something over the last four months. They've just been incredibly hot. And so they're going to get a bye along with the Dodgers. So if you play the Mets in the first round, the winner there goes on to play the Dodgers, who have won 110 games. 
probably win a couple more because they're playing the Rockies. I think the Dodgers are 63 and 20 the last three months. I looked that up. So that's a pace of over 120 wins for a uh, for a season. So do you want to play the Mets and Dodgers or do you want to play the Cardinals and the Braves? And I, I, I've gone back and forth on it. I, I did some research this morning on uh, pitching, like how the Padres' top three pitchers have done against those teams this year. But what what's your initial thought on the best route for the Padres at this point? My initial thought is put off the Dodgers as long as possible. I believe, listen, <laughs> I know we're all down on the Padres. They've actually matched up pretty well against these playoff teams. Now, mm-hmm. the pitching matchups are what is going to be crucial in the postseason, and so we could break that down. But to me, it's Cardinals, Braves. Braves will not – look, the Braves are even starting to acknowledge it. Spencer Strider – Probably not pitching early on, if at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, he hasn't started throwing yet with the oblique uh, injury. So um, to me, it is, I know how hot the Braves are. I don't think that there's any easy route. I don't know that I'm like you. I go back and forth. I don't know that you you set yourself up a certain way because, you know, go in and play well uh, because you're going to have to play good teams. Right, right. Um, so but looking I think at the six seed is the, is the way to go. I, I, would, I would agree with you. Um, I will say that, with the Mets, I, I I saw a tweet today and I looked this up and this this person was correct. It was a Mets fan who said they don't want he doesn't want to see the Padres because he'd rather, much rather he goes do I want to see the Padres with their good pitching and Juan Soto who rakes at City Field. So I looked it up and Juan Soto has raked at City Field and he's raked against the Mets in general. But at City Field in thirty career games he has ten home runs. In those in those thirty games, he's at three fifty uh, on base, four sixty four, and a slug over seven hundred. Um, now, what Juan Soto's done in the past, as we know, doesn't necessarily translate to what he's going to do here. But he definitely feels comfortable at City Field. Uh, Soto's played ten games in St. Louis and hit one home run. The pitching staff, you Darvish dominated the Mets this year in two games, fourteen innings. He gave up one run. Darvish pitched against the Braves twice. He had one good outing at Petco, six and two-thirds, one run. He did not pitch well in Atlanta there. Darvish uh, also did not pitch well at St. Louis, although I think that was a game where he pitched well, and then he got tired, and he got he left in. It was one of those got left needed, in. They were playing a lot of games. Yeah. Melvin kind of just let him wear it. I, I mean, he actually pitched pretty well, and then yeah. gave up whatever it was at the end, five runs or whatever it was. Right. Um, Blake Snell did not face the Braves this year. He faced the Cardinals twice, pitched 13 innings, gave up two runs. The second time was recently uh, the game where he went seven innings and struck out 13. Um, pitched brilliantly. And, and, it was and he was fantastic, fantastic that day. He faced the Mets twice, gave up four runs in four innings. The first time, pitched five shutout innings right after the All-Star break at City Field. Joe Musgrove pitched... Uh, against the Cardinals once, five innings, one run, faced the Mets once, five and a third, four runs, pitched well against the Braves, if we're talking about going into a uh, into a Brave series. So I, I, I do think, you know, putting all that together and, and Snell, look, Snell's been great in the postseason in his in his career, obviously with Tampa, and he was tremendous in in, in 2020, including uh, games at Petco Park. Nine postseason games, and Snell has a 2.83 ERA. Has never gone six innings, but he has pitched very well in the four and five inning stints that he's pitched in. Darvish's postseason is skewed by those two games in the World Series that he pitched for the Dodgers. 
we know now that certainly the Astros were not above board in one of those games. Uh, he did get hit pretty hard in the other one, which and there's suspicion they were even cheating in that one. Uh, otherwise, his postseason numbers are okay. Musgrove's never made a postseason start. He was with the Astros in 17, uh, made a bunch of bullpen, uh, had a bunch of relief appearances, gave up six runs in six and two-thirds, but I'm not going to put any stock in, in, in that. I do think, and we talked about this all year long, Kevin, the idea was to get to the postseason, and that's why I think this talk about backing into the playoffs and not deserving the playoffs and all that stuff is nonsense. The point is to get to the playoffs and then see what happens. There's not, you know, the Padres are going to throw you, Darvish, Blake Snell, and and if they have to, Joe Musgrove in a playoff series. Those are three pretty good pitchers to take your shot with. Now, Padres offense right now is pretty crappy. But remember, they were better on the road, and they're going to play those first, they're going to play the first series on the road. So and you and I talking about there not being any such thing, and I don't know if there's no such thing, but in this case, I do not believe the Padres backed in, all right? Um, I already said that I understand, um, you know, the the sort of the premise of it if you take the whole summer, but I just don't think they backed in. They, they won the required number of games. That right. is not us saying that this hasn't been disappointing. That's not us saying that there haven't been underperforming players or a saying there are challenges ahead in the playoffs. We just spent talking about all this pitching. Look, if Blake Snell is on, Blake Snell is that rare pitcher who says, hey, I'm going to throw a fastball. It's going to be down the middle, and you're not going to hit it. That's Blake yeah. Snell. If he's on, that's awesome. The Padres have to score some runs. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm going to delve deeper into this, but, I mean, the history is when we talk, we talk about pitching, that's great, and you think – back to these teams that have had this great pitching and the and the great number ones and twos that have you know that they have helped them uh, through the postseason those teams have also all been ranked in the top 10 in OPS and runs scored virtually every year of the last 15 years um, and and the game has changed so much over the 15 years uh, that it's it, you're usually number one or number two during the regular season in all of Major League Baseball in OPS and or runs scored. Right over the last like five years, uh, Dodgers, Red Sox, Astros, Cubs. I, you know, uh, the Nationals were in the top five. Uh, the Braves were in the top five, even though they only won eighty-eight games. The Padres are not. They're a middle yeah. of the pack. They're a middling offense. That said, I looked the other night, and the tw- I think it's twenty-four starts against the pitchers that pitchers that have a sub-three ERA at this point. So those pitchers have a sub-three ERA for the okay. season. Yeah. Those pitchers have a 309 ERA against the Padres. They've actually found a way to score three or four runs against the Max Scherzers of the world. Right. right. And that's and that's the thing. And that's why it's we said all along. I mean, the way it turned out, the Padres could have they're, they're at 87 wins right now. If they were at 95 wins right now, their playoff road would look exactly the same. Uh, other than we wouldn't be talking about a chance to be the sixth seed, they would obviously be the fifth seed. But they wouldn't be the fourth seed. They wouldn't be the one seed because of the way that it's all that it's all worked out. So, look, you and I watched, the, you know, you saw almost every game. I saw a lot of games. The Padres were not what we thought they would be this year. They were a disappointment. They didn't have their best player all year. That was, you know, that was the biggest disappointment. So, of course, they, it figured they would be disappointing. Then they made some moves that didn't work out like everybody thought they would. I'm sure A.J. Preller at the top of that list. Um, then they had other guys who underperformed during the season. 
Um, so it's uh, by no means are either of us saying that this is a case where everybody should be happy with everything that happened over the past six months. There was a lot of disappointment mixed in. But in the end, the biggest thing of all was to get to the postseason. And that's what they've done. They won enough games where whenever they won them, whether it was in April or May or whether it was in September or whether it was Saturday night or whatever, they won enough games to get in the playoffs and they have a chance. Is it a great chance? Not, you know, compared to the Dodgers and the Braves? No, it's it's not. But it's baseball. And how many times, I mean, the how many times did we see this year where, I mean, look at, look at right after the All-Star break. The Padres, I think they swept the Mets and then went to Detroit and couldn't beat the Tigers. Yeah, they lost took two, two or three of, from the Mets and lost two or three, two or three, lost two or three to the Tigers. Right. So there's that kind of thing. I mean, we saw the Dodgers this year struggle against the Pirates. I think there was a series where the Dodgers lost two or three to the Nationals. Look, it's two out of three. An awful lot could happen. Look how bleak it looked two years ago when the when the Padres lost that first game here uh, uh, to the, the Cardinals. Cardinals. And it was looking bleak even on Saturday night, and they and the Padres turned it around and wound up winning. I, I think what I'm, I'm not piece. saying I'm picking the Padres to beat anybody. I don't even know who they're playing, but I, I think the at this point, being in the playoffs is a hell of a lot better than not being in the playoffs. And you have a chance now to win. You know, you have to win a series. You have to win two out of three, which they did many times this year. You have to win two out of three to move on and then play somebody else. And that's the that's the point right now. Okay, so follow my crazy logic here. Um, <laughs> they're in a really good division, all right? I mean, uh, and, it, and primarily, they're in a division with the Dodgers, who I believe it was 5-14 yeah. and 14 this year. Let's just say that they didn't have to play the Dodgers. And let's just say that they only won 8 of 11 against the whatever other su- substitute team. They still had a losing record, but they only yeah. want eight of 11. The Potters would have 90 wins right now, and nobody would be – this This is theoretical, but I'm telling you that the Braves don't have to play the Dodgers 19 times. The Mets yeah. don't have to play the Dodgers 19 times. Um, the Cardinals don't have – the Cardinals, for the love of God, don't have to play anyone. So, <laughs> um, you know, and the Cardinals barely had a better record than the Padres until um, like the end of last month or something. So now, you know who the Padres are in a division with? They're in a division with five other teams. Right. And five other teams, except for the Dodgers, that they've done fairly well against. They just took two of three against the Cardinals, who are pitching their, basically their playoff rotation as far as I – I don't know. May, maybe it'll be Quintana. I don't know. But they, they – Yeah, they didn't throw Jordan uh, right. um, McLaughlin. They, they didn't they – didn't, uh, but they took two or three against the, the Cardinals. They were swept there. Like I said, they took two of three against the Mets, both series. They took – they split here in April and took two of three against Atlanta in, in May. Um, the Padres are – a, a decent team that this is not 2020 when I knew I was going to be in Texas, possibly if they got lucky for four days, this is not 2006 <laughs> or 2005. It may well end up and turn out like that to some extent yeah. where they were in and then everyone will talk about it. And to some extent, the Padres will deserve that. Right. But this isn't like you've got no chance. I, I will not be surprised at all. If uh, the extra clothes that I will have to pack, uh, will will be needed because you're going to be ended up going to a, a second series. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think anybody should be surprised if the Padres win either, no matter who they play, whether it's the uh, whether it's the Mets or the Cardinals. I, I don't think it would be a big surprise if they won either one. I would think it would be much more of a surprise the next week playing three out of five, having to win three out of five 
against the Braves or the Dodgers, that would be a bigger surprise. It's is it impossible? Of course not. But um, we'll get to that. We'll get, we'll to, get that to that. We'll if we, it if it happens. But I, the other I aspect think, of zero zero is like. You know, I hesitate to say Trent Grisham, um, who I think will be given a chance, unless uh, he hits 10 hits in the next three games, will be given a chance to, like, pinch run and be a defensive replacement. But, I mean, it's, uh, you know, this is when Juan Soto, right? Like, I don't yeah. I don't subscribe to the idea that he's been a disappointment unless what you thought is that you were getting Tatis. And you, you weren't – you were getting a really good player um, and a player that can win games for you and that over 162 games is, you know – going to make your team a heck of a lot better but like the dramatic moments and all that that's not one soto's game right um so but he was the next ted williams kevin uh he was supposed to be the next ted williams this is when he has experience and this is when he needs to step up josh bell can get a couple big hits uh manny machado who has you know had a disappointing homestand this is when uh in the in the playoffs right um you know, he can uh, start cementing his Cooperstown legacy. This is the time when they can change, like, a lot of thinking about this season in, in the playoffs. Or right. not. But yeah, that's or the not. point, right? Or not. Here yeah. they are. This is awesome. Right. And I still argue, I will still argue that Soto's been a disappointment. Um, he's His batting average is exactly what it was when it was in when he was in Washington. His on base is a little less at 395. He's slugging 403 here. There's Juan the big Soto. Thing. Juan Soto needs to slug way better than 403 to There's not be considered thing. a disappointment. So that that's why I would say that he's been a disappointment because he hasn't when he's gotten hits, which has been at the same rate that he was getting him in Washington. At least in Washington, he was getting extra base hits, and he had you know 21 home runs in whatever it was 101 games there. And he's had six here in uh, in fifty. He's so that that's where I consider. Uh, if you are the dis- next Ted Williams, disappointment. Uh, which I say if you're not, that's still. If you are the next yeah. Ted Williams, you have to perform at that level, no matter how they're pitching you. But there is no doubt that no one was really afraid of anybody else in the Nationals lineup, and that you know he's facing a different situation here. He, but he has to be better. He has to be better. Right. I just I mean he did he did have he did have much I mean whether you subscribe to having people behind him or not, he did have Machado behind him basically the whole time he was here and he was still not able to slug. So that's been that's been the disappointing part to me. And he, he went through a horror obviously the three for forty eight slump or whatever it was. You would never expect uh something like that. But anyway, beyond beyond that, I mean he's he's been Ted Williams compared to Josh Bell uh and and Trent Grisham. Now we're coming up on the dreaded 30-minute uh, tone here, but I do want to get a preview of what I know you're looking into today, which is sort of the roster situation. And how do you think the Padres set up their roster in terms of position players versus pitchers and sort of, you know, who's in danger of being left off uh, here? What, what what are the big decisions right now? I think it's fairly straightforward. I think they're going with 13 pitchers. And a part of that is like, I, I don't know, like, they don't have depth on their... Like, yeah, I was going to say, do you need 13 pitchers for three games? But if but who would they put on the roster if they didn't have another I've already pitcher, got three catchers on there. I yeah, mean, and I was going to say, maybe somebody else to... Maybe someone else to pinch run. Uh, I know Dixon pinch, pinch ran yesterday, but I, I don't know. I haven't mapped it out. I'm sure you have done Listen, more Grisham of that, is a but, pinch runner at this point, okay? I yeah, mean, he, he absolutely... I mean, Grisham's on the bench. 
Myers is on the bench. Um, uh, Camposano, I guess, is on the bench. I have Camposano on the bench. bench. I have him on the. Uh, I have him on the roster. So, so you have two catchers plus Myers and Grisham. Is that your bench? Who's is there a backup? Who's the backup infielder? Drury, I guess, just Drury as a DH slash Bell. Uh, yeah. So I got Bell, Camposano, Drury, Kim, and Machado. I got Azakar, uh, uh, Grisham, Myers, Profar, and Soto. Uh, Alfaro, Nola, and Camposano. So I've got yeah. 13 and 13 because you only got three starters. I've got Mike Clevenger starting game one of uh, the division series. I don't see a yeah. reason for Mike Clevenger to be on this roster. I've got Sean Manaya on there because he does provide you length if you run into some sort of situation. I agree. Um, I feel like it's pretty straightforward, and I'll want to talk it out with you later in the day when we don't have a 30-minute tone. But yes. I – and obviously I'll go to the ballpark and see what uh, they're thinking, but I just don't see it as because of, to some extent, because they, they have such limited depth. Who am I arguing over here? Who am I, well, who am I trying right. to get on this roster? Well, that's, that's the thing there. There is, you know, is it, is it, is it Dixon? I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know, the other, the only thing I thought of as you were talking about leaving Clevenger off is, is there a chance that they do some sort of piggyback with, Snell and Clevenger thinking that you know if Snell's I only going to Clevenger go, about that the other day like did you if Snell's only going to go four can you go to Clevenger then after that as opposed to you know going through guys in the bullpen because you might want the guys in the bullpen they might need to pitch Friday they might need to pitch Sunday that sort of thing so that would be the only that would be my one question about Clevenger is he a piggyback guy that could come in in that situation because you because could you bring Darvish get... back for Tuesday of the division series. If you had to, if you had to, or if Clevenger only goes two innings on Saturday, he could pitch on Tuesday, that kind of thing. But you okay. can't, I, I don't, you don't want to save Clevenger for a game that may not be played. Yeah. It doesn't um, sit well with me, but I, yeah, you know, I don't know. Jay, that's, just, that's I just excellent. thought of it. Cause Nick That's Martinez. It is. Is... I did. He was pretty fired up about it. Actually. I think he would like to start. Um, but I just don't think it's going to happen. So what, what is his um, role? That's a great role for him. Yeah. Because, I mean, we said it yesterday. We knew it already, but we said it yesterday as we watched him kind of lose it in the sixth inning. Blake Snell's done after five innings on Saturday. <laughs> I would think that there's a very Plus good he's chance. At 42 pitches. Yeah. I would think there's a really good chance of that happening that that he's done after five so then are you looking at Clevenger or are you looking at Nick Martinez would you rather have Martinez later I don't know Martin you know that is it depend on how the first game goes sure I mean to to a certain extent I mean did you go did the first game go to script where you Darvish went six uh Robert Suarez went one Luis Garcia went one and Josh Hader went one and you're up one game to zero yeah I I that's the thing but you can't if you don't know the script, and that's where the 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 sort of do you put him on or off comes in with Clevenger, because is there a chance you might want him to be out there just in case? And the other thing is, who are you deciding between? You know, is it Clevenger and Chris Matt? Is it Clevenger and I, I, I don't know. I don't is have it all Cle- the Clevenger and Stammen? Is it Clevenger and, Stam- and Naya? Right. Yeah, I, because I don't if you know. have Clevenger and you've said you're going to identify that, well, you have all these other pitchers. You don't sure. need Manaya. Yeah. 
Yeah. So and Mania goes today and gives you six. Well, you don't have Mania as far as I'm concerned because you're not yeah. saving him for Sunday because Sunday's a do or die game and and you know what are you going to do then? So yeah. uh, and you've got all these pitchers. You've got Stammen that can go two. You've got Morahone that can go two. You've got Martinez who can go two. Heck, Tim Hill can give you a little bit more. He can give you four or five outs depending. Suarez can give you four or five outs. So yeah, I, to me, Stammen is. Manaya. To, to me, Stammen is the other guy that fits into that situation. Like, is he a guy that that is going to pitch in, in any sort of high leverage situation right. uh, at this point? And the, the answer, I'm sure, is no. Um, no, the answer so is that, if you get blown out or something on Friday. Friday, do you? Uh, that's what I was going to say. You almost It almost seems like you might want a guy that can eat up a couple innings on Friday if you do get killed. But do you plan for that? I, I don't, you know, I'm sure there's, you know, that, look, we're discussing it for 10 minutes here. Uh, the Padres have a bunch of guys making a lot more money than we do who are going to be discussing it for a lot longer than 10 minutes and uh, and having to make a decision here in the next couple of days. So it should be should be interesting. And I'm, I'm interested in finding out what you find out today and, and reading that later uh, later on. I'm going to tell so. you one quote that Bob Melvin is going to say, at least uh, in, in the uh, while the Bally camera is going um, <laughs> you know, in his scrum. It, uh, yeah. Everything's on the table. And oh, guess okay. what? He won't be lying. And right. it also right. may appear in my story after and after which I will say that told you nothing. Um, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> all right. All right. Well, you and Bryce and Casey are off on a plane on Wednesday to somewhere. Hopefully different planes. Hopefully different. (laughs) You said that, not me. And uh, it looks like either St. Louis or New York. And you and I will talk in this forum on Friday morning, I would think. I'm expecting the Padres to play late, no matter who they play. St. Louis right now is the westernmost team in the postseason. So that would be probably the latest game. What's good for uh, us is late for where they're at. Yeah, late for where they're at. And uh, and I would think if the Mets are and I don't think the Mets are going to be put in a situation where they're a 10 a.m. game on NL, on MLB Network. So I think we'll have time to do this on Friday morning, and we hope everyone will join us then. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.